0: How's it going, guys? What is going on? I am Derek. You are the Baggers. This is the Money in the Bag podcast. First things first, I want to get something out of the way. I apologize for such a late upload again two weeks in a row, but I'm doing this as as kind of like a a hobby on the side, and it's a lot of fun to do it, and I'm going to try to get it to you um, on Wednesdays as I had been for the previous uh, 20-some-odd weeks, but the last couple weeks has been very hectic, and there's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that is all positive things, but big changes coming. And it has been difficult to to get this out uh, as early as I'd like to. But nonetheless, I hope I can jog your memory for this past week's episode of Raw and SmackDown um, and start to talk about Extreme Rules. Next week's episode, I will do a full preview for that card as the final matches get announced and that card kind of takes shape. Um, As always, please follow me on Twitter. It is at money underscore podcast. You can email me at putthemoneyinthebagpodcast at gmail.com. That's putthemoneyinthebagpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Uh, thank you to Chaz King for the intro. You can follow him at Real Chaz King on Twitter. Um, so kind of an uneventful week, I'd say. Uh, Raw was definitely terrible overall. It was definitely uh, holding pattern city. I don't know if everyone was on their 4th of July kind of weekend getaway or week getaway, I should say. Uh, but it was just kind of copy and paste from last week, which was really disappointing. And I thought SmackDown... <laughs> was really fun with a kind of anticlimactic ending. So those are my biggest takeaway points. So let's get right into this, let's get cracking. And if you stand by for one second, I'm gonna put the AC on here, cause it is warming up in here rapidly. As soon as I start flapping my gums, you know, it uh, gets at least 15 degrees warmer. Raw kicked off with Roman Reigns coming out and cutting a promo um, about doggy dog stuff. His character lately has been so shitty and just really misguided and I think before he was just ultra face, even though the crowd was booing him, and then he was kind of, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, that was his mantra last year, and now they're just, I don't know what they're trying to convey, I don't know what kind of reaction they want, at this point, it's weird because they almost direct him to get mixed reactions, if that makes sense, where like, characters become tweeners, or they become quote-unquote heels, but they're really faces, kind of like a Kevin Owens, but... It's like WWE isn't even sure the reaction they're trying to get. They're not making him a face, and they're not making him a heel, and it's weird to just have him be a tweener, but a tweener in the sense that the crowd's going to be completely split, almost in a purposeful way, because he's not likable. His look is likable, as far as like he looks like a badass, but his character work, like he's a he's being kind of a pussy and just complaining and being arrogant and all these things that are not character traits of. of positive, you know, baby faces or whatever. So it's very strange. But long story short, him and Bobby Lashley kind of went back and forth again. And this set up, um, what will later be Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley versus the revival for the third week in a row. And this repeat was definitely a theme that we can see throughout the episode. Um, uh, when Roman cut the promo on Bobby Lashley, as he kept calling him Bob, as he's been doing for the last fucking three weeks, it was kind of funny at first, uh, Dolph and Drew came out uh, Cut a promo and attacked Roman. Seth made the save. And then this is going to set up uh, Seth and Roman versus Dolph and Drew. So we get a lot of Roman Reigns tonight, uh, which is fine, but it almost seems like trolling for the fans that are very vocal about their dislike for Roman Reigns. Uh, I like Roman Reigns. I do not like his current character. Um, moving forward, we got the B team mocking the heart, um, the Deleter of Worlds for the... Th- guess again third week in a row and i said this last week and i said it the first week on the podcast you can go back and listen that wwe will hammer this into the ground until it is no longer funny and entertaining it is just it is just exhibit a of you have two very talented guys that almost stumble into a into a role where they get over with the crowd pretty much on their own but with minimal backing and then WWE still will squander it. So it's must be so frustrating to be a guy that's like a Zack Ryder or a Mojo Raleigh or, or guys like this that are like on the mid card, aren't given much, and then what they are given, they do very well with, and then it's still it still it seems like they, they they get sabotaged, and it's very strange. This wasn't really funny. And for the second week in a row, we got Curtis Axel versus Matt Hardy in a nothing match. Good times, WWE. A lot of uh, a lot of copy and paste here, huh? Um, we had an, uh, an arcing storyline uh, throughout the night that was so ridiculously bad. You guys remember when they had the Team Hell No um, therapy and they had Dr. Shelby? And they kind of teased it, I think, on WWE.com or on their YouTube page. Of, it was like top moments of Dr. Shelby. So you kind of knew they were going to do something like this when they announced Bailey was going to have therapy. It, was, it seemed really forced just to get him in for like, that nostalgia pop, which is <laughs> the lamest nostalgia pop ever, the most insignificant character. But uh, all throughout the night, there were these pre-recorded segments of Bailey and Sasha in therapy together, and it was so bad, man. Like, like whatever the lowest level acting, like a, a horribly low-budget high school film for a for a high school project. That was the level of acting, like terrible. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny or serious. There was no punchlines. It was the, the horrible, so bad. And if this was Roman Reigns in this segment, or you know, insert you know, whatever wrestler, it would be inexcusable, and if we are going to move forward with a quote-unquote uh, women's revolution, we need to hold them to the same standard as we would any of the other male superstars, and anyone that's saying that this is not complete crap, I get it, you, you think Sasha's hot, I get it, you think Bayley's hot, and I'm not saying they're not talented workers, but it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of business, and I'm so sick of hearing about their Iron Man match at NXT TakeOver uh, when I was a, a fucking freshman in college, five years ago, six years, whatever it was, four years ago, I, I, who cares? Like, who cares? And it's it's not their fault. They're de- they're definitely talented, but they need to be put in positions that they can thrive in. They are not The Rock. They are not Stone Cold. They are not versatile in that sense. There are guys and women on the roster, much more talented, much more versatile, that are given less. And whenever you try to give them character work, it seems to just be cringy and weird and terrible. And women can only feud over friendships, which is also the opposite of the progressive image that they're trying to promote with the, the uh, quote-unquote women's revolution. Very, very weird. Uh, horrible segment. It was fucking terrible segment. Terrible, terrible segment. Uh, moving on. The authors of Pain killed Titus Worldwide for no reason. Um, they're just building them up, I guess. We couldn't find a local jobber uh, in the area, wherever they were, so they just took the jobbers from the actual roster. Poor, poor Apollo Crews. Uh, we had Roman and Seth versus McIndall for Drew Tyre. No, Drew Tyre wouldn't work. Uh, Mac and Ziggler or Dolphin Drew Whatever you want to call it um, The Revival came out and caused a DQ And then Roman and Seth got fucked up And that was that uh, Baron Corbin come, came out and cut a promo About Finn and they're feuding now For no reason Finn was like you look like you work at uh, I think he said Denny's or some shit Because Constable Corman has that vest on uh, And he talked. Finn talked about His bad hairline where Finn you're not fooling anybody with that hair We all know you're balding too so Kind of weird Kind of weird. Uh, just no oomph to this at all. It's like Baron Corbin's the big guy, Finn's the small guy. It feels like Big Cass and Daniel Bryan. It's just not good. Not good. These guys deserve more. Not good at all. Um, Elias was backstage briefly strumming his guitar for the Riot Squad without the riot. It was just Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan just throwing stuff on the ground, I guess, because I don't know. They're bullies, I guess. Fucking really stupid why wasn't Elias all over the show I want Elias in every segment forever uh Liv lost to Ember Moon in kind of a nothing match Ember Moon's awesome I hope they do something productive with her soon um they're kind of doing to her what they're doing with Becky Lynch like they're building them up but you just hope it's for something like I hope she becomes a contender for the title whether it's against Alexa or or Ronda moving forward uh, as I wish the same for Becky Lynch so we will see uh, segment number five for Roman on the night, including some backstage stuff, it was Roman and Bobby versus The Revival. And again, this is like the... I'm not sure what they're trying to portray Roman as. Like, he doesn't come across as heroic. He doesn't even come across as dastardly. He just comes across as stupid and kind of, like, stubborn. He refused to tag Bob, Bobby in on principle and then just got his ass beat. So it's like you didn't... You won technically by DQ, I guess, because The Revival, like, beat the shit out of him and wouldn't stop. So they DQ'd him, I guess, to protect Roman. But I, I don't know. Roman doesn't look tough. He doesn't look cool. He doesn't play well with others. He's not clever. He's not cunning. He's not heroic. Like He's just kind of a dick. So I hope... I don't know. I hope they give him some more direction moving forward or at least give him someone that he can feed off of besides a soulless vessel like Bobby Lashley. Um, Mojo Rawley, for the third week in a row, killed Moe Jose. Who cares? Uh, there was a cool backstage kind of uh, sit-down interview with Ronda saying that she is... Maybe just maybe um suspended from raw but she can go to Extreme Rules and buy a ticket, I guess. Which they're gonna do like what they did with John Cena at WrestleMania. Ron just gonna be sitting there eating fucking nachos and maybe Naya throws Alexa into the barricade and spills the nachos on Ronda's kilt. You heard it here first, that's totally what's gonna happen. They're gonna fight over nacho cheese. Um Naya Jax came out and cut a promo after this and basically was like, I don't know why I'm facing you again, Alexa, and that's what we were thinking the same thing i didn't know nia Jax could read minds but we're all like i don't know why this is happening again it seems so like it's like you tell this heroic it's like you tell a fairy tale or a story or whatever children's story and the protagonist the main character goes through the trials and tribulations you know Defeats, de- defeats the obstacles, comes across the other side, learns a lesson, and it's this tight little neat package, and it's every- he lived happily ever after. Like, this is like the sequel nobody's asking for. It's like unraveling a story that was already told and moved on. And it's insulting to the audience, because it was just a couple months ago. They're not rehashing a feud, like Seth and Dean, where they've kind of feuded on and off, or like, or, or like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, where it's like this blood feud. or It was such a barn burner of a feud, they have to go back to it every once in a while. And I'm fine with that sometimes. Like, I'm not a huge proponent of it but if it's good and it's going to lead to something uh, moving forward I'm okay with taking one step back if it's going to lead to a couple forward but with this it just seems like they had nothing else going on and they just need someone to face Alexa to get through this pay-per-view so that Ronda can win the title. That seems like it. I think they decided they wanted Ronda to win the title off Alexa rather than have Naya uh, in that title scene so they had to just kind of shuffle their cards around and do do what they needed to do to get to the desired outcome and it's kind of crappy so we'll see. All right, for this last segment, I have several things I'd like to point out. So we were supposed to get Kevin Owens versus Braun, and I'm not really sure why Braun hates Kevin so much. Uh, Kevin bailed on the match right away. He's like, I'm not dealing with this. So he runs in the back. He tries to get out with his rental car, and he doesn't have his keys. So he hides in a porta potty. A couple things here. Uh, Braun uses, <laughs> knocks on the door and asks if anyone's in there. He did like a girly voice. It was very funny. In a very like comic book slapstick five-year-old funny way, like like the type of humor Michael Cole really likes. They definitely have to cut his mic in these segments because he just giggles the whole time. Uh, So Kevin's hiding in there. Brad knows he's there. Couple things to point out: one, he instantly found this roll of duct tape that was buried in like a milk crate next to the the porta potty. So so precise, he must have laser vision to be able to find that. Um, Why was there a harness wrapped around the porta potty? To pull it as if that's how they they bring them to these places like it's not on a dolly and there's not a team doing it. Uh, why do you have an outhouse inside? Um, why would you need one at all? You're at an arena and there's I'm sure I'm sure they have plumbing in whatever bullshit ass city they were in. That's very. If I was a a citizen of whatever city there, and we'll say they're in fucking Wyoming, I'd be very offended that they would insinuate that we don't have indoor plumbing at a major arena. Um, why did he push it? all the way across the stage to just push him off two feet why was there a ramp conveniently there uh onto the stage to pull him up uh kevin owens just kind of accepted his fate at one and just kind of gave up fighting so that was weird uh and was the crowd being ironic did they realize the irony when they were chanting holy shit because i understand we chant holy shit when there is like a really cool moment someone goes through a table whatever I don't know if it was ironic because it was underwhelming he pushed him like a foot and a half it wasn't really like too too exciting so i don't know if the crowd was just collectively being very clever that would be very coordinated to come up with such a joke but i took it as a holy shit because it is a porta potty or an outhouse uh kevin outhouse owens i think i just came up with the title for the episode so we're definitely going to keep that uh that was raw i think we had four or five repeated segments and worst part of that we're not even just repeating it 2 t- we're talking like three weeks in a row we're going on almost a month of the same segments over and over again um if i if i paid my hard earned money to go to this i would have been very like very disappointed very very disappointed especially to stay through the night to see the closing segment a lot of it happening backstage and then depending on where you're sitting you can't even see it because it's up on the stage it's just not cool not cool um smackdown luckily was a much better show uh team hell nah came out and Kane kind of explained why he came back to help Daniel Bryan against the Bludgeon Brothers uh and it's totally not to fund his political campaign (laughs) um they just had some silly banter back and forth Daniel Bryan's like are you sure you're back to help me because if I remember correctly you were tombstoning me over here and here and just kind of like reminiscing on some silly segments they had it, it was funny I wasn't a huge fan of the team hell no personally uh but it's definitely like nostalgic and funny and kind of good good feels for people that liked like that team uh the usos came out and were like why the fuck do you guys have a title shot already and uh apparently like i said all you have to do is ask for shit around smackdown and Paige was like you know what i wasn't <laughs> i almost just attempted an english accent without even realizing it like as soon as i thought of Paige, but i'm gonna i'm gonna spare you guys you're already putting up with the air conditioner in the background um basically if the usos beat the new the um Team Helna in the main event, then they will be added to the match at Extreme Rules, which I have a feeling they're still going to get added to the match uh, to take the pin, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I think so. I think the Usos could... To have this match, I think they might ask for... Somehow they're going to end up in the match, I think, uh, maybe to protect the Bludgeon Brothers, because you don't really want to have Team No lose, and you don't want to have the Bludgeon Brothers lose unless Kane just eats the pin. It's either going to be Kane or the Usos taking the pin. So I'll let you decide. Um... Next, we had Jeff Hardy versus The Miz in the uh, Open Challenge, and I like these. I still get excited for them, even though there's no conceivably there was not going to be like a huge surprise. I had a feeling it would be The Miz because I was looking at the roster like who's who's a heel that's going to have this match, and Miz isn't really doing anything. Still fun. I still like the mystique of not knowing who it's going to be. Like we love wrestling for surprises and returns and that kind of stuff. So that was fun, and I thought they had a surprisingly decent match considering Jeff and Matt, at this point clearly are broken but not their gimmick like their bodies are breaking down they're living the gimmick brother and uh not doing so hot i thought this was fun and i, I wrote here i like the open challenges because there's always a sliver of hope for me uh, that it's going to be neville <laughs> so maybe one day fingers crossed but this was a good match and they had announced that um shinsuke is going to come back and face jeff hardy at extreme <coughs> extreme rules and i'll touch upon that in a second <coughs> excuse me Oh, Jesus. You know, I always smoke 13 cigarettes before I get on uh, the podcast. I like to, uh, I, I put actually, well, it's 10. I, uh, I guess it's eight. Cause you can't really squeeze one between your finger and your thumb, but I take uh, eight cigarettes and I put them between my, uh, no, that would be one, two, three, six cigarettes. Yeah. I smoke them so fast. I can't even count. I put them between my fingers and I just run them across a the lighter. So they light all at once, like Wolverine. And I just smoke a bunch of new ports right before gets me really excited. Uh, speaking of exciting, uh, they had the new day pancake contest. It was the, they're obligated to do something like this when it's around the 4th of July. I tweeted about this. I was like, what's the over under that the new day do a 4th of July cookout and wear uncle Sam hats. And I was wrong. They did a third of July pancake eating contest and they didn't have the hat on, um, Byron Saxon did. So I was close, but this was silly, typical new day banter. Uh, it was funny. And then uh sanity came out and just beat their ass basically which is a way better way for a group called sanity where they're fucking crazy to to debut rather than have a scheduled match so uh we had oscar versus ellsworth in the highly anticipated intergender match uh it was fun there was like some goofiness i love ellsworth he uh he's a joke that gets old but as long as they they can extend his 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 worth i guess like his ellsworth (laughs) but um towards the end of his run i think it was the right time for him to be gone but I actually missed him, and now that he's back, I'm glad he's back. So he's definitely entertaining, and the guys just live in the dream. So I hope they, they use him well. Even when Carmelo loses the title, I hope they still have some interest. They seem to put a lot of effort into him for some reason. He was involved with AJ and Dean and all that shit, so we'll see. There was a double countout, and at first I thought this was pretty shitty, but then they they said it's going to be uh, a rematch next week. So I think they're just stretching this to extreme rules. like They don't really have much to do creatively, so they're just going to have it I'm sure Asuka just beat up Ellsworth next week and maybe Carmella doesn't get her, the upper hand like she did this week, so we'll see. <laughs> like I said, it was announced that Shin will face Jeff at Extreme Rules. Uh, I hope he's, Shinsuke's doing okay with his after his dog bite. That's so crazy. That was such an unbelievable report. I thought for sure it was going to come out that uh, it didn't happen, so that's why I didn't comment on it, but if you guys remember, I think about a month ago, maybe a little bit longer. could be longer at this point. Uh, time is relative anyway. Um shin and jeff had a match on that they just gave away on smackdown and it wasn't a great match like it was okay it was kind of sloppy and kind of rough so i hope that they can uh step it up for the pay-per-view because i hope they had a stipulation it's jeff hardy at extreme rules man you're just gonna have a standard match he's a champ like we gotta do something right maybe not a ladder match but something something to let jeff be jeff and maybe kind of he can hide behind a little bit so that he doesn't have to be the workhorse workhorse of the match and i think shinsuke works better when he's not the the, the horse, workhorse, that's hard to say. If that makes sense, like he's not carrying people the way AJ does. But Shinsuke definitely rises to the occasion when someone's on that, that higher level, but I don't think he's the guy to carry the match, like a John Cena carries the match, like an AJ, like a Seth, like a Dolph, like those kind of guys that come to mind. So we'll see. Uh, next, we had a pretty standard AJ promo of him saying he's going to win. Rusev kind of had the clever thing where he said he was going to evict him from the house that AJ Styles built, blah, blah, blah. blah. It was AJ versus Aiden, AJ beat Aiden, and then Rusev put him in the accolade. It was super standard, uh, pretty pretty black and white cookie cutter build. Um, I think AJ just beats Rusev at Extreme Rules. I think this is just um, giving Rusev a sniff of the main event scene, maybe a feeling out process from WWE to see how he does in that spotlight, see how the crowd reacts. it feels like they're doing this too late with Rusev. I don't think it's too late for him, but I mean, like, it's not the peak of Rusev Day mania. It's definitely on the back nine of that, so we'll see. I hope he comes out looking strong. If he doesn't, in fact, win the title, I don't think he's the guy to win it yet. I think it was his time closer. To, I would have liked to have seen him win the Royal Rumble or or, or be put in a more um, prominent spot in WrestleMania. But I think he, he should win the title probably before the year is over. But I'd like to see someone like Samoa Joe. I think win it from from AJ or Daniel Bryan. So we'll see. Uh, Becky Lynch beat Peyton Royce in the disarmor and they're definitely building up her as, like I said, with Ember, with just kind of dominant victories, and I think they're going to have her probably challenge against Asuka for the title once uh, Asuka wins it off Carmella, I'm assuming. So that led us to the main event. It was Team Hell No versus Kane. <laughs> Team Hell No versus Kane. No, Team Hell No versus the Usos, and I wrote, Kane looked like shit. Uh, definitely some ring rust. Shout out to Ring Rust Radio. Definitely some uh, being in your late 40s. Not on the road with the boys working out all the time Definitely definitely has lost I didn't think he had a step to lose But he definitely lost another one So now he's just walking on his kneecaps uh, I don't know what the hell's going on But the Usos are fucking awesome This was a fun match Team Hell No one And the Bludgeon Brothers came out at the end This is why I said like underwhelming ending They just had a stare down They're called the Bludgeon Brothers dude They wield these goofy ass like Hammers and they're just going to stand on the ramp. You're telling me they, they're they scared of Daniel Bryan and his drunk dad? I don't know, man. Like, that was... I get that's, like, standard WWE or if this was, like, the go... This isn't even the go-home episode, so you should have had, a like, a fucking beatdown this week. Or I guess next week's probably when they get physical, huh? I get it. It's, like, you have to have the stare down, the beatdown pull apart, but it's, like... You can't just do these, like, cover all WWE moves if it doesn't go with the character. You know what I mean? I... You're calling them the Bludgeon Brothers, dude. They live in the woods and kill people with hammers. They're just gonna stand on the ramp and not attack these two assholes after they had a match. Makes no sense. But I don't know. I digress. Um, that's all I got for this week, guys. Raw was pretty shitty holding pattern. SmackDown was pretty good. It's definitely just benefits from being a shorter show. Like if there was another hour, I don't think I would have said that SmackDown was a good episode. You know, I think it was a good length. Um, yeah. So next week I'll do the Extreme Rules preview and answer any questions you guys send me when the email finally gets more, uh, more attention, more love. I would love to do a Q&A type thing. I know a lot of podcasters like doing that. I know people like listening to it. I know I do, especially for a given topic. Um, I listen to Simon Miller's podcast, and he does a Q&A kind of on just whatever pertinent wrestling topics. Like It doesn't have to be WWE. It can be whatever, Ring of Honor or any other indie promotion or kind of big news in the wrestling world. And I'd be happy to do that. Um, That's kind of a way to mix things up if you guys get bored of hearing just the Raw and Smackdown reviews or you want longer, you want more content, you want less content. (laughs) I don't know. But that's all I got for you guys. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. I forgot to say that at the beginning. Um, I'm going to hope to get this to you guys on Wednesday of next week while Raw and Smackdown are fresh in your head. I think this is a more enjoyable show. And I recognize that when it is, you have Raw and Smackdown Monday, Tuesday, and then you kind of have a day to digest it. And then it's up for Wednesday afternoons you can listen to it Wednesday let's do it Thursday Friday all the way until next week so that's my plan I'm gonna watch the UFC fights tonight with my buddies and my girlfriend and my new puppy so life is good over here I hope you guys all have a happy safe weekend and I will talk to you all next fucking week thank you for being a bagger I've been Derek you are the baggers this is the money in the bag podcast I'm out